Welcome to this week's episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast, where two nerds sit down and chit-chat about nerd news that we find throughout the week. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy Garrett, my friend. How you doing? Pretty good. I had a little bit of a toothache, so uh, we're going to try to yeah, get through this no as fun. fast as, <laughs> fast as possible. <laughs> got a dentist appointment next week, so uh, you know we'll see how that affects next week's show. But uh, you know, uh, Don's not doing too too hot right now in the mouth department. Um, but It'll you know, be fine. we'll just <laughs> we'll just chug it along, along, you know, and and then see where we see how far we can get in this fairly busy week of news. Um, but as always, I like to start the show with the free and heavily discounted games that we find throughout the week. Uh, this week, I saw a tweet. It was um, regarding Mafia. Have you ever played that game? I've played the definitive version, so it's mm-hmm. the, like the remastered one. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I understand, the, the remastered one is not as good as the original. There's I not as I much freedom. That. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I mean, I've only played probably an hour or two of it. I, I, I wasn't sold on it, but uh, yeah. I'll probably I mean, it's kind of like, you know? like a GTA story type, like type feel, but at the same time, it was kind of on rails and a little, I don't know, a little lackluster in my opinion. However, Mafia is free on Steam right now uh, from the 1st to the 5th of September. So commemorating the 20th anniversary of the game. Um, so I'm not depending on, it's going to be pretty tight. Probably only have a day after this show is released to go up and sweep that up. So uh, maybe check that one out. Uh, Knockout City, was it Armazillo DLC? It's free on Epic Game Store until September 8th. It's a skin pack uh, for Knockout City. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Definitive Edition, free on Epic uh, until September 8th as well. That is the newest game in the lineup. And I said, um, I forget what show, what show was that where we were talking about Tomb Raider. It might have been San Diego Comic Con, but. Uh, I mentioned that if you can come across any of these games for free, definitely take advantage of it because they're they're solid, solid single-player experiences. So uh, Epic Game Store until the 8th. Make sure you go ahead and sweep that one up for sure. Um, That's a... I, if, if anyone listening, especially my father-in-law, like, you go to pick this up free. Yeah, yes, do it's, it. It's a, it's, it's a very, very just like immersive and enjoyable single-player, you know, story-driven game. And uh, the the acting is is solid. The environment, you know, it's everything. Everything is it's 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 a good game. So just go and give that a shot. Um, also free on the Epic Game Store until September eighth. Submerged Hidden Depths looks like an adventure exploration game, third person, uh, two characters, uh, and they're kind of like sailing along, um, like open waters. It I, I don't I haven't, I haven't played it myself, but I did see it kind of had like a Fortnite style, so it was kind of out of my wheelhouse. But I was getting like raft vibes or um, the other one, stranded deep, uh, that type of thing. But uh, it did kind of look like it had lore behind it too, a little more story driven as well too. But hey, free always a good price. Go and check that one out. Uh, and a little bit something that that popped up on the Twitter feed just before we started recording here from Gearbox Software. Uh, if you head on over to gear, or is it shift.gearboxsoftware.com? I have the link in the description below, uh, and redeem the code that we also have the, have down there in the description. Um, you can get a, a free hot loader vault lander uh, for the new Tales of Borderland. Uh, vault lander is a it's kind of like a this weird little mini game inside of the game where you have like miniature figures that you collect and then you kind of put them down and it's like this back and forth i want to say it's like pokemon but it's kind of like one of those like clicker hero type you know uh, games and you can play against different characters and, and other npcs and stuff in the game and 
challenge them and, and that type of thing. But this one gives you a free, uh, looks like a like a standing mech with flamethrowers. But uh, you know, it's free if you're gonna if you plan on getting that game. We talked about it last week when they when they showed the uh, the newest trailer. Uh, you know, it's it's free. So uh, if you do want that, like I said in the description below, we have both the link to where you can redeem it as well as the code itself. Uh, you could check out our Twitter. Uh, we did re, uh, retweet that uh, in case you're listening to uh, this on any of the podcast platforms. Uh, so yeah, that is it for the free and discounted games for the week. We've got a couple juicy uh, stories to discuss here uh, and then a pretty heavy roundup. You know, I think I'll go ahead and start. What is the Snyderverse over? Some speculation going around as to whether or not Warner Brothers Discovery is going to be scrapping the uh, DCEU entire, or That'd if they're great. going to if they're going to kind of manipulate it a bit and kind of you know shuffle things around. Are they going to utilize uh, you know um, Infinite Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earths that type of thing? Um, I feel like there are some like ways that they could do it, like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. They could do that, but I think they're the best position that they could possibly have right now is just to scrap, wipe, and restart. Yeah. Um, especially if they're going to be doing extensive planning and building into the future. Mm-hmm. The, there's they need to do what Disney did with Star Wars, keep a key a couple key films. And everything else goes away. Yeah, uh, like that's the only logical way to do it. Do you think there's potential really though? Do you think there's potential with Reeves's universe? Because you have him on for first oh. read, right? So he's going to be he's going to be involved. Period. And you know, why would I, he reboot and not be involved? You know, with his own Batman interpretation. So I think there is potential. Um, I mean, we talked about that story a couple of weeks ago now where um, the Batman story may or may have not been stolen. Mm. If that is the case where it is stolen, I'm really questioning WB's decision-making and like, having him have the first read. That guy so, is, is definitely getting dumped on on Twitter. <laughs> pretty much everywhere like nobody is hearing this guy so uh that might have been kind of like a fart in the wind type of thing um yeah i know he's, still, I, he has some like weird tweet where he's like he's like the, the fight's not over still i just i just got important stuff that I'm, I'm doing for the end of summer and then you know another project then, then we're gonna be right back at it and it's like uh he did in this in this instance mention monetary compensation so he is definitely dead set on on getting some money um yeah and who knows wb may have liked what um matt changed mm-hmm. and i mean i I've, i watched a little bit more of the batman um and i was intently watching but it was only like a half hour of it before i had to do something else you know it's not and, bad it's not it's not worse yeah, it, you know like, it, it was <laughs> there's, there's been worse for sure yes it's definitely not bad so i i feel like there is potential either way at this point um but I think what they need to do is have a consistent goal in mind and move forward with that consistent goal. Yeah. So I got I had a little burb here. Uh, you know, we're not done with this conversation. I just wanted to kind of start that off. Um, this is based around a Variety article, uh, article on Variety.com. 
um, titled From Batgirl Fallout to Rebooting Superman, All the Landmines Facing the Next DC Chief. Uh, and then it goes on kind of in, in sections here to talk about different bullet points of importance with the DC uh, EU. Um, but let me just go ahead and read this little blurb that I wrote. Um, it was a little bit late and I had a toothache, so bear with me. After just recently hearing word from within WB that a lot of employees felt the company did little to protect Hamada from the aggressive attacks, uh, we get new word from WB insiders that discuss their contempt for the Snyder fan base and think WB made a mistake by giving in to the demands to release the alternate Snyder cut of Justice League, stating that all it did was embolden the pocket group of fanatics. Uh, the discussions also hit on the fact that once the film was released, the harassment and demands only intensified. Examples would be uh, to restore the Snyderverse completely, to include him in everything involved with DC, to release the air cut, and a seemingly non-stop list of unrealistic and poor requests that serve only a small pocket group of fans. Uh, rumors also swirl regarding behind-the-scenes going-ons of WB and their intent to kill off the Snyderverse. After the news dropped, Snyder fans began shuffling online, pushing Restore the Snyderverse hashtag and Zack Snyder to trend on Twitter again. Intense speculation from the Snyder fans in regards to how this actually means that they want uh, or what they want uh, and not what WB is sending a clear message of. It was it was pretty wild to see like it just total left field. You know, I'm, I'm breaking the, 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 the article here, but it's like, it was just so weird. That aspect of it. Um, it's just, it, it's so weird to see one bit of information that was clear as day be taking and misconstrued in a completely different direction. But, uh, well, in people that I have that immense focus on their way or the highway, yeah. they will spin whatever bit of information they can, to have it play to their it is wild side. it is wild to see um, and when they do that it they i don't think especially the snyder fans realize how dumb they look well how damaging it is to kind of like yeah the, like the whole thing you know what i mean but uh, let me finish this up claims that the snyder fans are the only fans that are passionate about dc uh, that DC will die without Snyder, and that somehow Matt Reeves has decided to utilize Ben Affleck's Batman for the next decade and not his Robert Pattinson version. Somehow. <laughs> somehow that was pulled out of there. Uh, we may be reaching a point where this may all just be set to rest, and the movies will just be uh, a pocket set of films, much like the Tim Burton or uh, Norton films. Uh, to look back on and appreciate while simultaneously appreciating the new content from arguably the best comic book company in the world. I said Norton in here. I actually meant Nolan. Yeah. Um, okay. Nolan, so, yeah. you know, I, and I truly mean that too. You know, when it comes to comic books, the artwork, uh, the storytelling, the matureness, the, the appreciation for the, for the material that's being delivered, like DC is better. Uh, you do kind of have more of like a goofball approach when it comes to Marvel. And I think that's what, people think is being portrayed here when you watch the two different types of films from DC to Marvel. Um, however, I don't think it was handled like very well. Right. And I think it could be done a lot better now, whether or not I feel Matt Reeves version of it is the best that you can do with Batman. No. Um, but it has like glimmering moments of, of actual good stuff. You know what I mean? Um, Enough to where if appreciated and taken seriously, much like Batman Begins was kind of butt cheeks, dude. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of Batman Begins in comparison. I mean, I like, you know, we got 
we got our like some of our favorite characters in that film but at the same time you know it was a little hokey for its time and and the the approach to it because it's like people weren't looking at it very seriously and then it comes in kind of like ultra serious and then people kind of like that that raised eyebrow waiting to see uh, and then the dark knight just said it all the rest you know and it's like oh yep. okay <laughs> okay so yeah batman begins was good you know because without without the dark knight you know batman begins would have been kind of lame um, well it, it it did a whole bunch of setting up mm-hmm. for everything world building follows exactly and yeah. um the people were expecting because of the previous batman movies to have this be silly kind of off the cuff stupid, yeah. and yeah. like shoemaker visually version, jarring yeah. thing well exactly and mm-hmm. um christopher nolan he really took the the batman movies very seriously in all aspects in world building in the visual side um to the character development it was all meticulously planned and it pays off really really well with the dark knight well and keep in mind that the 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 approach that they decided to take after nolan was solely based on the the tone that he set yep and the tone that he set i do feel like an actual you know bright and shining superman from metropolis could fit into that nolan world oh Um, it it would very easily fit i wouldn't say Um, very easily but i'd say a lot easier than snyder's because it's that gray paintbrush over everything on his films um, i mean i definitely wouldn't say that to be honest i think tim burton had the best approach to uh you know conveying gotham people probably scoff at that (laughs) saying that but when it comes to gotham and the gothic feel of that town you know that city you're looking at nolan's very high rise clean cut just kind of your common criminal business going on street level uh even in in dark knight rises it kind of just seemed like a normal city just kind of disheveled chicago (laughs) yeah yeah literally i remember watching the the footage and stuff from people filming from their apartments and stuff totally cool um and then even with you know the the batman v superman i mean given that it looks cgi at all times in those films it's still just a boring even more gray high-rise downtown area you know um in regards to to just the environment and the design behind the the feel of the movie tim burton you know those cities felt grungy and a little comical but not too much, you know, like, uh, they were in the believable range. Uh, and then you get into the Joel Schumacher films and it's just absurd. The way the streets are organized don't make any sense. You could tell it's back lot, like buildings are way too close to one another and like everything feels tight, you know, and, um, it looks like it's on a set, you know, but I think there's that middle ground and, and the Tim Burton films had that. Cause I mean, you know, if you want to consider Gotham and Metropolis as their own characters, they have their own very distinct characteristics that they represent uh and for good reason you know what i mean so yeah. i think christopher nolan did a really good job with that because we do have like on the street level it is grungy it is the first grimy thing. no even with the second and third one the the third one is a little less just because where the action is taking place is they're i mean they're taking it to you know the rich people and everything and um so like there is that contrast of where you're at in the city but i mean 
even if in Gotham, there are going to be some nicer places. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's that's all I have to say. But at the same time, like you know, um, I think I think Batman Begins is is actually quite good in regards to establishing a different and, and more realistically grungy feel of that gothic style. Um, well, with, and we're on the ground the whole time. We really don't see any of the si- like the like the downtown. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, when he's flying around, I mean, he's in. Um, you know, he's in those like the slums. You know what I mean. So it's like yeah. it, it has a certain vibe. But I like when he's floating over and everybody's uh, infected with the with the the toxin. Um, you know, just the way those streets are when he's falling out of the building, like jumping out of the building, like on fire and all that. You know, and um, or was he on fire? or Was he just being crazy? I remember he got he got dusted by drug Scarecrow, guy. and um, you know, he he just like jumped out the window to to get away and. This that that whole part of the city right there was very nice. Like that that to me is is very Gotham, uh, and I think if you take Metropolis and raise up the contrast a little bit, these natural high rise areas would fit perfectly fine um, with with that world. You know what I mean? So uh, Matt Reeves' world kind of just felt like again gray and and kind of bland. Um, it was a little bit of a clash up between a different style, you know, it kind of had, uh, it had really strong dark night vibes with the whole car scenes and just the cities in, in general with like they're racing around. Um, but at the same time, it was still kind of like, you know, not eccentric enough. It needs to be a little bit more eccentric. So that's why I always kind of go back to Burton. They might be a little bit over eccentric at times, but I'd much rather kind of have that feel than, uh, than just this kind of boring uh, world that they live in, but uh, I digress. Really, what what this is about is is what I'm focusing on is is kind of how the insiders feel about the the clamoring, you know, and the the going on, the goings on of the uh, the online mobs about you know revolving around the Snyder Cut and and, and stuff like that. But uh, I'll just read a quote, and like I said, this is from Variety. Um, it says, winning over the fans, privately, studio insiders have lamented that Jack, Zack Snyder's Justice League never should have happened. Rather than quietly unceasing online campaigning to hashtag release the Snyder Cut, the four-hour HBO Max feature only further entrenched the vocal and extremely online Snyderverse fan base in opposition to the leadership and the studio in general, and at DC in particular. It goes on and just kind of like blanket quote, like just the, the fandom in general, but and how you're going to win them over and how you're going to win basic fans over and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I kind of got the vibe of real fans of like DC also kind of see like how, how like crazy Snyder fans are getting about DC products that they don't want to come off as being like that eccentric you know what i mean like well it's like yeah i'm an adult you know i don't need to get this crazy about comic book movies like um you know i I have a feeling that there's an overwhelming number of your like middle-aged dads who are just kind of like i'd like to like dc movies but i don't want to be seen as like one of these like freaks online and shit you know so um i feel that all they need to do is just produce something that people would like and if the people that are in the snyder you know boat 
if they can't just like a, a better or just as good representation of the character, then they're not there for DC. You know what I mean? And yep. in which case you just kind of like, okay, well later have a, have a good one. Um, but yeah, what do you think? No, I, I, I agree with your sentiment. I am. I, I do think it was a mistake for them to, um, appease, or like try to appease this loud, small group of people that are, you know, banging their fists against their monitors and keyboards, just trying yeah. to make steam. Have you seen the Snyder Cut? No. Probably not, right? I would assume no. not. A lot of people who didn't like the first one weren't going to go watch the second one. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm braver than your average person. <laughs> so I, I watched the four-hour film, and yes, it's better. Like, duh, dude. There was reshoots. They, 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 they did everything they could. You know, like if you have the ability to take the test the next day after seeing like the answers, wouldn't you do a little bit better? Of course. Uh, so it's like let's 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 chill out on how much better it is. It's still a a, a bad representation of a number of these characters. Uh, well, at the same okay, time, so like they they took a character that is like laughably bad and made him cool. But I'm kind of aggravated at like the type of cool he is now. You know what I mean? I think he could yeah. be a lot more intelligent and stoic. And badass, you know what I mean? But see, I will always, whenever someone says Aquaman, I will always think of the SpongeBob Aquaman. Um, you know, that's the, not the first time I've heard that. I didn't watch yeah. SpongeBob growing up, so I didn't like religiously watch SpongeBob. I basically watched it once I got my homework done, and like I had nothing else to do, but I didn't want to say I had nothing else to do because that meant that I had to do chores. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I would turn on whatever was on Nickelodeon and so that was my exposure to SpongeBob, but damn, good days, Nickelodeon days. Man. I know. The '90s were so lit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but so lit. um, yeah. So like, that is my Aquaman, and you know, seeing a dude, <laughs> you're like, Jason oh, this Momoa. Is, this isn't a proper representation of my Aquaman. And it's just like Jason Momoa, you know, is this handsome guy who like every single woman swoons over. It's just like, yeah. Really? We, they put him in there. I mean, he, he's oh, a, yeah, it's totally he's a good guy. He's a, a and he's a, nice. He's an okay actor. Uh, you know, he's Mad Studley, and like I said, he kind of re helped reinvent the the perception of that character, which is a win. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, not everything that came from the Snyderverse is bad. Like, obviously, like what they did with Aquaman was good. Uh, what they did with Wonder Woman was like a disservice because she should be way more badass than she is. Not this like. I just say that I'm badass type thing, but she should be like an aggressive, like warrior. You know what I mean? Like, like 300 level shit, which is crazy too. Cause you think that, you know, you would have this crazy, like Leonidas style, like scene, you know, uh, yeah. we all remember, if you've seen 300, we all remember that scene where Leonidas is, it just goes into slow motion, kind of breaks into regular speed from time to time, but he's just taking on this wave of Persians, you know, and he's just tossing them and flipping them and stabbing, you know, and uh, just epic, you know, and, yeah. and then and then you got nothing with her. She just flimsily, you know, she chops off uh, Steppenwolf's head in the, in the Snyder Cut. Uh, and that was a thing with the Snyder Cut. That's another thing with the blacks, the black suit Superman. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? You know, it's like if you really did this right. You have five years of establishing solo films and the sixth, seventh year you bring in the mashup. Um, maybe at the end of that, um, you go into a solo Superman film where Superman dies. So you have the weight of the first bit, the first phase, right, of, of these films where, uh, 
you know, you have these characters established, you have the world established, and then you have just after the end of this first phase, air quote, you have Doomsday come in, and then maybe like halfway through that phase, that's where Superman dies. Then you have three or four films where the world is coping without Superman, is getting jacked up, you know, the stakes are rising, it's getting a little rough out here, uh, and then you start introducing your four variations of Superman, like your Steel, we talked about them in the DC catch-up, but you got Steel and Superboy, and then you got the uh, Eradicator, which is, I believe they have him in the Superman and Lois show, and uh, Cyborg Superman. And uh, we went over that in the in the the DC catch-up, and, and how they had different roles that they played in the time where Superman was dead to when he came back. Um, he never died, and he just, his heartbeat slowed down to, like, one beat every, like, 14 days or something like that. Um, which allowed him to kind of slip into this, this like, thought realm where he had to, like, fight in, like, a gladiatory are arena, and he was in the black suit, and he had, like, kind of, like, braces around his hands or his wrists, like, bondage, and he was, just, you know, he was there to, to fight. That was it. He couldn't escape. Um, and then eventually came back after things kind of got wild, but you know, you got cyborg Superman who I believe was, a like a Lex Luthor project. I might be wrong. Uh, one of them was associated with Lex Luthor, which I might've been Superboy, who was a clone. Um, and then the eradicator was just kind of like, uh, another alien and then steel who was a character that was, uh, kind of big fan of Superman. And when, once he died, he was inspired to build his own steel suit that had the Superman crest on it and he went off to fight, uh, you know, evils. Um, and then, you know, once you establish kind of maybe a movie just around those four characters, uh, and then you kind of have, you know, maybe Brainiac come in and it's a big issue because Brainiac showing up was always the big issue because Brainiac was the big boy. You know what I mean? If Brainiac, if he, if he settled in, you're done. Um, so, you know, then you bring in, the 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 uh, rebirth of Superman, you know, like his resurrection, if you will, uh, to where it has some substantial weight, substantial weight. But you're talking about within the span of a movie, a movie's time, Superman fights, uh, you know, doomsday. He 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 teams up with all of these Justice League characters that he barely met, doesn't really have a conversation with them in, in the, the way that you would typically have Superman run the run the show. Um, you have these characters that are slapped together to go and bring him back to where then he just kind of falls into place and then just starts kicking ass. It just feels so like unearned in regards to like where they got to in those films that, you know, if you want to do this whole Marvel ripoff thing where you're going to replicate the MCU, which in my opinion is slipping recently, you know, you got to stick to this, you know, it takes time to build type mentality and, and they just don't do that. So, um, I think listening to the fans and, and, and giving in to like the Snyder cut is one issue, but also the first issue was having to like rewrite that anyways. I have a hard time seeing this, this article mention, or I, I mention, you know, that you had people out there kind of associating, you know, oh, Matt Reeves is, is going to be bringing back Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck for the next 10 years. And it's like Ben Affleck's in his like fifties, dude. And like where that Batman story picks up is so far late. Like, you know, like Jason Todd is dead. 
you know supposedly there's you know um dick grayson out there doing his own thing you would presume you know and that there's a barbara gordon and you know uh and this and that and it's like it's it's so far removed you'd have like a gotham knights type situation by the time they got any ball rolling you know you know so i just i have a hard time just kind of like comprehending like where the headspace was with a lot of people talking about this but i just found it interesting with that variety article and them talking about you know how toxic it is so we went and made a cut here uh we had a segment uh, regarding ryan johnson's recent comments about uh, the Last Jedi and his opinions about it and things like that and it kind of felt like we were spinning the wheels a little bit on that discussion since we had discussed uh, that film uh, before so what I did is I snipped it out of the show and we're going to go ahead and just do that as a separate video and throw it on our Patreon as some extra content uh, if you're interested you can always head on over to our Patreon the link is in the description below uh, but now we're just going to kind of move on yeah. Uh, so yeah, going moving on to the Twitter roundup or the roundup in general, where we gather up little headlines throughout the week. Uh, a decent list here, and we're already sitting about an hour for the show, so we're just going to go ahead and gun on through it and not talk too much. But there are certain things in here that we want to discuss. Uh, so first and foremost, WB Discovery pushes to cut three billion dollars in costs has affected uh, the trust in the company for those working on, uh, in the industry. Uh, quote, the messaging both inside the company and externally is stay away or get out if you can. What do you think? Yikes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know they are about profit and getting uh, financially stable. That is the way to do it is make cuts and be really, um, you know, pushing the pennies in the right direction and keeping all the other pennies that you possibly can. Um, if... I, I, yeah, I mean, the sentiment, stay away or get out if you can, I think is perfect for this. Yeah. I mean, there's which, no other way. Which sucks, too, because like I said, yeah. you know, I'm from L.A., and, you know, when it comes to jobs in the industry, Warner Brothers is no slouch. You know, they offer a lot of jobs, um, which, you know, we'll, we'll, it's, there's other things in here in the roundup where people just really aren't considering the jobs that are, that are at stake, but uh, really, I mean, Warner Brothers, you know, it's a it's a fantastic starting point for a lot of people in the industry, and, and a, in regards to, like, executive work, it's a good place to land. Um, the mid area is not the, the best, you know. Uh, we have a story about um, legendary films, I believe, and their involvement with Warner Brothers here coming up, legendary entertainment. Um, but, you know, cutting $3 billion, that's going to hurt regardless. And though I'm sure the way it seemed is like just some madman coming in there with a hatchet and just start wailing at things, you know, just like, oh, we don't need this door. We don't need this cuticle or cubicle. You know, we don't need this, this window. We don't need this wall. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, what's going on? So it was probably pretty jarring for them. So I get it. Uh, it's it's you don't know where you're going to land by that point. And it's volatile. Well, in if you if you've ever worked in a, in a um, place of employment where everything's changing, it's very uneasy working in that mm -hmm. those types of conditions um, where the stability has basically been yanked out from underneath you, and um, you don't know if tomorrow your department's going to get cut or mm -hmm. um, if you are going to get fired or laid off or what have you, and then you're just a fatality at that point you just become you just become a, a a number yep you're just a number in terms of that that particular department's workforce and if you got to cut 30 percent and you wind up in that 30 percent then all you are is just 
part of that part 30%. Of the, exactly. <laughs> that's and that sucks. And it, it really sucks. And I feel for those people. I mean, that yeah. that's livelihood and, um, you know, being able to, to live and be a productive member of society is getting mm-hmm. taken away because this company's just taking an axe, like you said, and like kind of like a madman going yeah. through everything. Like I said, if that is their goal to become profitable again and truly be able to keep that way, that's what they have to do. Yeah. Well, we talked about it last week too, is that literally they cannot afford to make another film um, this year or release another film this year. Um, yep. They have other films obviously made, but there is a massive budget that is, is dedicated to advertising and releasing the films um, that has to be taken in consideration. And they don't even have the wiggle room to afford a third film this year. So we're talking, you know, feet on the fire. This is, this is all hands on deck type situation. <laughs> so yeah, I can, I can see where their, where their issues coming from. So yeah. um, next one here, weird. The Al Yankovic trailer drops featuring Daniel Radcliffe as weird Al. Uh, have you seen that trailer? I've not seen the trailer, but I've seen screenshots from it. Yeah. And holy cow, like I, I would have never thought Harry Potter would look like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he doesn't really, uh, weird Al is a very lengthy individual, um, very lengthy facial features too. long nose, long chin. Yeah. You know, however, um, they they pull it off really well. Kind of. He does. He looks like somebody at comic con. dude. You can believe that. I don't think he looks that good. Uh, I don't think he's acting. Weird Al's a, a weird dude. Um, they call him Weird Al for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, they described that too in the in the trailer and all that. But um, I don't know. I grew up with Private Parts, the Howard Stern biopic, which was actually I think written, directed, and acted by Howard Stern. Of course. Um, and it's a good movie. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie is great. So this is like, you know, next generation type of attempt at that. So I'll give it some, I'll give it some, you know, some, some room to work. I'll see what's up. I don't mind those types of movies. Yeah. If I remember right, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Daniel chosen directly by Weird Al? That I don't know. That I don't know. Uh, I like, I like Daniel Radcliffe and I think, you know, he's got some, some range. Um, so you know, whatever, like give it to him. I'm I'm cool with it. It's not a movie that I'm gonna be like, oh my god, that's total the worst casting. Weird Al, he did he did weird polka covers of popular songs. So I'm not sure like how much you can pull from from that lore of the of Weird Al Yankovic, but uh, we'll we'll see, I guess. Yeah, uh, I just looked it up, um, and he was handpicked. Um, was he? Yeah. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe talks about it um, in an interview from uh, Jimmy Fallon. There was a YouTube video, so I I would just refer everybody to go watch that. <laughs> yeah, and, shoot me a link. We'll throw it in the description. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, so the next one here, this one's for me and my uh, golf homies out there. Uh, for Well, I'll just read this. 20 licensed courses announced for PGA Tour 2K23, including Torrey Pines North and Torrey Pines South. Pebble Beach, St. George, Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, uh, Riviera, which I love, TP Summerlin, Scottsdale, and Sawgrass. Um, so you don't play these games, but I'll go ahead and just shoot through this one. Uh, the issue with the original or the first 2K, the 2K21 for PGA, was that like some of the most popular courses that you play these games to play weren't there. Um, 
not listed on this is Augusta, which is incredibly difficult to do and incredibly expensive. Uh, EA only did it for a couple years. Um, Torrey Pines, it was my home course when I lived in San Diego. Uh, if you don't know, if you're in this, the city of San Diego, which if you look at your driver's license may extend a lot further than you think. Uh, I lived over in Mira Mesa, so I was still in the city of uh, San Diego. So you're gonna do is walk on over to Torrey Pines, sign up for a residence membership, which is I think like 20 bucks or 50 bucks or something like that. They take your picture, they give you a card, uh, and you can make reservations for like 36 bucks <laughs> at Torrey Pines. Uh, to the outsider, it's 300 plus dollars for a weekend round of golf there. Um, so yeah, if anybody living in San Diego and you haven't taken advantage of that yet, take your driver's license with San Diego on it. I used a temporary ID from the DMV. Uh, head on over there, get yourself a membership. Uh, you get range time, you get weekend tea times, easy booking, super cheap rates. You get to walk for free. Uh, so yeah, take advantage of that. I digress. Uh, Torrey Pine South, North, Pebble Beach, St. George, Bay Hill, Quail Hollow. All these courses are super popular and super... Uh, sought-after courses to play in these games. 2K21 didn't have it, uh, but 2K23 is bringing these courses back. So uh, pretty good news for anybody that's been hoping uh, to experience these courses again. Uh, it's been years, uh, but that is a new development in the PGA Tour uh, scene. Uh, last week, I think we talked about them introducing Scotty Cameron, which is huge, uh, and then also having Jordan, the brand, in the game. Uh, and I think a development since that show was that if you pre-order or you get like the deluxe version of the game, uh, Michael Jordan himself is actually playable in the game. So uh, a benefit to doing that. I think they have a Tiger Woods version of the game too that comes with like a full Sunday dress uh, for Tiger Woods that you can have in the game as well. So nice. uh, for our golf nerds out there, that's, uh, that's for you. Um, next up, and I and I did mention this when we were talking about WB, but Legendary Entertainment is planning to move away from WB and begin making films with other companies like Sony and Paramount. Good for them. Yeah, well, Legendary has been involved with a lot of these DCEU films. Um, yeah, I, I could have swore that somebody was. Um, let's let me let me take a second here and actually look look this up so yeah the uh the wiki on is his legendary pictures productions is an american film production and mass media company based in burbank california founded by thomas tall in 2000 the company is, uh, has collaborated with the likes of warner brothers universal paramount pictures sony and netflix so they're already out there dealing with that i could have swore that's so why i had to check it up i was like i don't think they're just a warner brothers exclusive However, this is the Celtic logo that you see pop up at the beginning, beginning of your, your Snyder films and your other, uh, you know, kind of badass films throughout the time. Uh, 300, I think, was another legendary film. Uh, Kong, Godzilla, you know, there's, there's quite a bit. Detective um, Pikachu. <laughs> naturally, <laughs> Detective Pikachu. Uh, to be honest, if you haven't seen that film, I actually recommend it. If it if in, in regards to world building of a, of a Pokemon world, it's got potential. So oh, they yeah. do need to make a, a, a follow-up to that film. They just need to take it a little more seriously and try to establish a little bit more. I digress. Uh, but they're, they're also, they, they smell the blood in the water, you know? <laughs> they, they're just like, oh, Warner Brothers is a little iffy right now. So we're going to go ahead and make a public statement and say that we're not just working with Warner Brothers. We work a lot with Warner Brothers, but we're not just Warner Brothers, just to let you know, you know? Uh, so that's where I'm at with this one. What do you think? Yep, uh, I mean... Like you said, they smell blood in the water. 
I think the the public statement is probably uh, for the their investors to say, hey, like we're not in trouble here. I mean, that's the only thought I have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Like I said, they do have some some quality stuff. They're a production company, though, so it's not like they're nitty gritty, up to their elbows and muck type of type of company, you know. But uh, they're associated with some decent properties, and you know, if they want to get out there and float around to other companies, then uh, so be it. So the next one here, Game of Thrones co-showrunner Michael Sapochnik uh, already stepping down from his role on the new House of uh, Dragon series. I know you said that the the series isn't even completed yet. Um, have you seen it? Have you watched House no, of Dragon? I, I I mean I didn't even watch Game of Thrones. Really? Um, yeah. Mm. So I, I I don't know if I will at some point. Um. So I I, I can't really comment. Um. On this. I I just know that. I mean I see it on HBO like how they have a new episode releasing on Friday or you know whatever. So like. It hasn't completed its first season yet. If you ask people, they will say the last like two or three seasons are horrible. Some of the worst that TV has ever produced. Uh, and this is a post-Dexter uh, world, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's those are high. Those are high claims, you know. So it's, but um, you know, it's 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 an up and down series. It has its moments, but a lot of it is just kind of like shock value, uh, you know. Um, you get your typical boobs and wieners that Game of Thrones is known for, but really it's about like the deceit and the backstabbing and like literal and figuratively, you know, and uh, just the kind of the brutal nature of the show. Um, I had kind of discussed that this show is based around the Targaryens, and you know, if you're not familiar with the show, um, in the beginning of the show, brother and sister. Uh, their dad is murdered, who's, I believe, and don't quote me because I'm not a Game of Thrones like super nerd, but I believe he's the Mad King, and his uh, he's murdered, um, and they take off across the water to a foreign land, and the brother is like bartering the sister as a means of like connecting these two kingdoms, right? Um, that is Daenerys, uh, who is, uh, what's her face? Em Amelia Clark? the bloodline of this family has a connection to actual dragons that once existed uh, in this, in this world. And they use them to conquer uh, the dragons were like killed off at one point and there were none left, which left them kind of powerless and they got overthrown, overthrown. Um, there's a plethora of reasons and seasons of, of describing all this, but she goes off and she has her own story uh, where she essentially becomes like a super queen over there, you know. Um, she has the dragons. She has these eggs that she like tries to kill herself with. She doesn't burn herself alive, but she's a Targaryen, so she's impervious to fire. And the dragons are birthed out of this fire, and they become her dragons. And uh, that just establishes this mood that like that character and that family is cool. So naturally, you're gonna want more more stuff about that family uh, my issue is that like i like the whole concept of it i like like the tense nature between these families and them fighting over this singular throne and i never really saw like that bloodline as being like worth an entire series about so my issue is is just lack of motivation to watch it um i've seen a lot of correlations between like you know denarius and some of the like the character in the new show they're like they're almost identical you can tell if they're trying to like 
establish a new version of that character and uh, there's a lot of things about it but as to why he stepped down from this part nobody really knows um he's just kind of doing his thing and i mentioned to you that he's been involved with game of thrones prior so this was kind of like his new shot and he's already stepping down by choice uh, so i'm not sure if that means that maybe the show didn't go in the direction they wanted maybe the results that they're getting aren't what they expected i don't know but uh we have other stuff in regards to yeah. that but you know that's really the gist of it right now next one quick one paramount plus and showtime are combining into a single streaming app uh, no word as to when or what it's going to be called but that will be happening so uh, you know i don't know if you have to pay for two different uh, uh subscriptions now for that or if they're going to continue doing so no idea but just expect that in the future uh next one for the forge halo or the halo infinite fans out there forge footage uh, showing a perfect recreation of Andy's room from Toy Story um, no. by Red Nomster. It is intensely, intensely uh, impressive. Like, because I, you know, I play Counter Strike, and one of the maps back in the day, back in the day, was uh, DE Rats underscore Rats, and you were essentially just the size of a rat or a mouse in this like kitchen. And, um, you know, you're, you're traversing this, what would be perceived as a small area, but at the size of a mouse, it's gigantic. And that was kind of the vibe of this was that you're just a toy, a toy sized figure inside Andy's room. And it was perfect. Like down to the wall color, uh, the, 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 um, like he has like clouds on the wall and stuff for the, like the, uh, the wallpaper the windows the toys in the room the bed the walls like the like i'm talking about like the the switches and the, the wall the the door frame and you know all that stuff it'll look perfect so uh forge is not out however um i'm not sure if i can actually find the the link to this one i was having a hard time but if i can i will um and post it down below but uh this is what you have in store when when forge drops uh later this year so uh, some truly impressive stuff coming out of out of Forge. Yeah, so Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland say they are on track to release a season of Rick and Morty each year, and uh, it may go on forever. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. They're just like, yeah, this this show is going to be forever. It's like at one point you didn't even know like what year a season was going to come out to now being like, oh yeah, we're going to make one every single year and forever, which is like crazy. I didn't expect that from them. Yeah, I mean, they can definitely turn in, like, do a Simpsons move on it and just crank them out. Um, it, it has such a cult following and then just such a normal following. It's perfectly capable of doing that as long as they, you know, keep up the good content, which they've been doing. Yeah, it just, it kind of seemed like they weren't the type to be bothered. You know what I mean? But now it kind of seems like full, I don't want to say it in a negative way, but like full sellout mode. Like embracing well, their their wealth type their their ability, I I think the so I mean there's the original Rick and Morty seasons that came out then they like re they didn't reboot it but they created the new season and um, it just got a lot more popular and then they realized that, that they could do this so I think that's what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was like the most popular series on that network since it's like you know premieres i mean it's always been popular and that's kind of where that mindset of me you know 
Or it's like, no matter how popular it, were, it was, they were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We just do what we do. But now they're just like, oh, we're going to make one every single year, you know? Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm here for it. I like I like Rick and Morty, and it doesn't hurt me one bit if they keep making content. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Well, at, if they do a season per year, I mean, they could do a season on Birdman. They could do a season on, like, all of those Bird little... Bird person, you mean? Oh, yeah, Bird person. Sorry. <laughs> uh, hello? <laughs> Sorry. My name is but, bird, bird Person. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, you have the those um, aliens that have the the gears and like their their gonads are gears. Everything's just gears, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like have a season on them and then just do weird crap there. They realize that alcohol is the fountain of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> and that once you begin consuming the alcohol, the, the ideas never stop coming. Yep. Uh, and I think if you have an outlet like that, where anything can work that you can literally just nonstop make ideas. Yeah. He probably just like has like a notebook of like small ideas that are ongoing that he just jots down. You know, I would, Good. I mean, I do kind of do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, next one up is the direct reports. Disney Plus is reportedly planning to introduce a retail feature where subscribers can purchase exclusive movie and show merchandise. For example, the Dark Saber from The Mandalorian mm -hmm. could be a part of that. When it comes to the items that you can get from Doc Ondar's online, it is actually fairly limited. Um, however, yeah. I can go get a Jedi tunic and robe. That is the one that is sold in Doc Ondar. So there is, there are items that are sold in Doc Ondar's that you can purchase online. Uh, and I believe the Darksaber from the case is one of them that you can purchase. I don't think that it is strictly like the Black Series one. Um, but so, in, there's not much difference between the Black Series ones and the the, the Parks Legacy ones. Yeah. Um, there, there's practically no difference other than well, um, I think the the, 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 the finish is going to be slightly different. I think on. the article that, I, re that I, I I saw with that did state that it was like an item from Doc Ondar. So I think that's the, the point that I'm getting to is that you can carry over, you know, um, your benefits from this Disney Plus subscription and apply it to purchases in the park and online. Um, so it would be more of an all-encompassing type of Amazon Prime type membership in regards to how they handle memberships over on Twitch, you know, subscriptions and free games and the movies and the shipping on the items and the discounts and all that stuff, how it's kind of a, a, a blanket uh, that kind of covers multiple things. So, I mean, hey, I'm down for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the wife is, is a Disney fanatic. So any type of discount is, is greatly appreciated, <laughs> you know, so but in, for me. Like, if I'm just, like, browsing on my Apple TV, you know, and I, I just start seeing, like, oh, there's this lightsaber you can buy. Yeah, um, that's dangerous. That, that's way dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's dangerous. You can believe I'll it's, be it's buying perfect. something. Yeah, a little, little, little baby Yoda animatronic pops up in the bottom right of the corner oh, when no, you watch no, the movie. No, it's like, no, click no. me to buy. He's like, if you click me in the next 30 seconds, I'll give you 10% off. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, oh. Yeah. Be gone with you, demon. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I'm worried about. But hey, you know what? It's Disney. That's what they're going to do. Um, yep. So the next one on here, UK now signaling for an in-depth review of the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard, uh, causing even more delays in the purchase. 
Uh, follow up on that too is like a quote from UK lawmakers where they're just like they're concerned about the 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 limiting of the market or whatever. And it's like I keep rolling my eyes at this because it's like you are so dumb if you think that that Microsoft is buying Activision so that they could sell more Xboxes. Like you're absolutely absurd if you think that is the case. Like they would not like literally just cutting themselves off like at the knees if they were to negate an entire PlayStation fan base for a property that they own. Like well, they make um, so imagine much more this. money. Imagine this. Call of Duty all of a sudden becomes an Xbox exclusive. No more PlayStations are going to be bought. Well, okay, so that's I, I saw some people talking about that too, where it's just like I thought, you know, you guys have all these exclusives and stuff like that. Like I thought that's what the backbone of, of PlayStation was and you know It now was that, now in that PlayStation three land. <laughs> now that, you know, COD is on the table, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's like this is the end of PlayStation, yada yada. Uh, I don't think so. But at the same time, Microsoft is adamantly conveyed the message that they are not going to do that and they have no well, intention of course of they're going to say that though <laughs> they're like, not going to do that they're not going to do okay. that they no, do for not real, care though. they well, do not let's care let's be honest let's be honest with ourselves i will be 100 percent honest for what you say right now and i need you to understand what i say when i respond I, I i understand <laughs> i i know disney is saying that they won't like just cut off and say oh call, no, call of duty's always going to stay playstation always going to you said disney Microsoft, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, of course Microsoft is going to say that. That is, I feel like it's complete lip service. Whether they decide to do some properties of uh, Activision Blizzard to do Xbox exclusives, because let's be real, they will do Xbox exclusives from those properties. But if they choose Call of Duty, you better believe everyone's buying an Xbox everyone's like there the amount of playstations that will be bought will be plummeting okay so this is a misconception is the situation at hand okay so microsoft for the last like four or five years has explicitly made it very clear that they do not care about exclusives because with the with the advent of the xbox application that is on the desktop of your computer right now Every single PC that is running Windows is essentially an Xbox system. They don't need to sell you Xboxes anymore because they have Xbox built right into the computer that you have. So all they need to do is offer you their Game Pass. So what they've already ad admitted to and is totally fine with me is that the only benefit by acquiring Activision in regards to Call of Duty is that they're going to offer Call of Duty to Game Pass holders. That is the only benefit that is going to come from the acquisition of Call of Duty, well, Activision, uh, by Microsoft. And because Microsoft is now in the game of diversifying their portfolio for Xbox, they want you to be able to play on your phone, on your computer, on your console. They want you to have cross-play uh, cross with every console, of you know, every other console out there, PlayStation, uh, they're making Xbox Live for Nintendo, so it's like they are not—they <laughs> are not the exclusives hounds. That is not who they are. Like, period. There is no. There's not a, a shroud, a, a shred of doubt in my mind 
that they would never in a million years make Call of Duty an Xbox exclusive. And I explained that in, in a previous episode is that every single console that is fabricated on the face of this planet is done at a loss. Right? They do not make money from selling consoles. They do not need, and in this particular case, Microsoft specifically, they do not need you to have an Xbox because you already have one. They just need you to buy the Game Pass. So it only hurts their bottom line if they sacrifice this huge, huge section of the market simply so they can spend more money. That is not how this is going to go. Like, it's impossible. Okay, they're so, not stupid. That's just not... They're not going to do it. There is no, there's no way. Period. The, the, <laughs> I see the point you're coming with, but I'm, all I'm saying is they're a large company that have been known to spin the truth. It would not surprise me. I mean, it would it would absolutely floor me if they did. Because, again... This is petty to them. Consoles are petty to them. You know what I mean? And the the, the creation yeah, of their, yeah, yeah, of their but... console is literally just them taking uh, DirectX and moving it to a standalone system, right? Like, that's where the X from Xbox comes from. It's an extension of DirectX team. Yep. It's That's all it is, right? Uh, and they've implemented it. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you have Game Pass on PC. Like, this shit is awesome, dude. Like, awesome. I can go to my 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 bedroom and I can play a game there and I can come on back to my PC and I can play it here and all my save data is everywhere all at once. You know, they're feeding me free games and all that shit. And like I said, it might be okay, you we can perceive this as a little bit scummy that they're going to purchase Call of Duty so that they can offer it free on their on their their subscription plan. Um but hey, I'm totally fine with that. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to utilize it one way or the other. However, in a world where since this deal has been voiced, Sony has picked up like five studios and all of the attention is focusing on COD. <laughs> all of the attention is focusing on COD and, and Activision and all that. And it's like, like we're gonna we're gonna really like we're really gonna say that the biggest moneymaker for for Blizzard is Overwatch. Like really, the only game aside from from you know the card game that you can reasonably play on a console, like their concern is going to be Overwatch. Like no, it's it's WoW, dude. That's not a console issue. That's that is a PC issue. <laughs> period. Right. So it's like you got that, and then like my whole statement in regards to 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 them not needing to cut that market share simply to sell more consoles in a world where they haven't focused on console sales in years. Like period. Like. That's just, if you're not like in, if you're not in the know, I guess, in regards to like the, the going ons of, of these companies and like where their acquisitions are and their motivations behind them and stuff, the console wars are over, dude. Like Xbox is sitting fine because they had this, this ace in the hole the entire time and well, they flipped okay. it. They flipped that card years ago. So it's like, yeah, Sony just go. needs to scramble to keep up. And that's what well, they're scared yeah. about. Here, here's for with me. I don't care one way or the other. I have a PC. I've had and I've been doing PC gaming for six or seven years now. It it won't phase me if if Microsoft does anything because I. You're right. I have an Xbox built into my computer. Yeah. In, into Windows. That's just how it is. So I'm not. I'm not worried. But 
All I'm saying is it would not surprise me if they did that as a way to push their subscription service is making Call of Duty an exclusive to Xbox, to Windows, and then you say, okay, well, you either have to get our service on your PlayStation, on your Nintendo to play our game, or you have to buy a, a computer or an Xbox. Yeah, no, that sounds like that sounds like a Japanese concept to me. To be honest, that's a well, Nintendo and Sony thing. Like <laughs> that, that is one hundred percent. Fire there. with fire. I mean, that's not how that's not how Microsoft has ever done there. Like they've never had like a a bad guy Xbox type moment. You know what I mean? Like they might have some. It's like okay, well, by this point, we don't really need to be charging for Xbox Live, do we? Like that might be a little scummy. But all of them are doing that, so I get it. But really, in regards to like the the scummy tactics, dude, Sony has that hat, you know. And in regards to like like shutting themselves off to the outside world and reality, like Nintendo has that one down pat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Xbox has always been the one where it's like the more gamers, the better, man. We want people to be able to chat and talk, have friends lists, and we want you to be able to like have a good time. And, like, you know, do your thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. here's some good offers and stuff. You know, if you want to do it, then do it. Whatever, man. Like, that's... All I'm saying is it wouldn't surprise me if they do the scummy thing here. No. And that's it. Yeah. Let's, I mean... Let's move on to the next topic. No, no I'm out. not done yet. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> because you have... You have, Herb, have... You have you have all of these gigantic names that are, are public figures at the head of, of, of Xbox, right? These people who... People know them by name. Um, you don't have that for Sony. You don't have that. You have that for Nintendo, but more of like a, like a god tier level exec type. You know, uh, when it comes to when it comes to Xbox, they're way too grounded and and connected to social interaction to to risk it like that. So that would be my opinion on that. Is that they're not that stupid. They wouldn't just throw away money like that just so they can spend more money. Uh, and they are already sitting in a pretty place where they don't need to do anything like that to, to gain any type of ground. Because, like you said, and I said, we all have Xboxes. You just you haven't turned it on yet, if that's the case. You know what I mean? Just type in Xbox, hit Windows button, type in Xbox, and see what pops up. Uh, so, yeah, we will move on. But, yeah, uh, to hell with all that. <laughs> uh, next one on here. Um, Halo Infinite campaign co-op delayed again to winter season three now in 2023 and split screen co-op has been canceled to reallocate resources um jumping down here i had another one 343 uh, industries cancel split screen co-op stating in order to improve and accelerate ongoing live service development we have reallocated studio resources and are no longer working on local campaign split screen co-op and then a hashtag for hashtag fire three four three started on Twitter, uh, and some threatening imagery of, I think it was like Master Chief strangling um, the, I forget her name, but it's it's whoever's in charge of of, is there a name on this? Uh, I didn't put it on here, um, but like strangling this lady and and it's just very. It's in poor taste for sure. It's given off like Snyder vibes. Um, I don't know if you want to click that link. Actually, <laughs> do you see it? I, I don't want to click it. Uh, it. It's not. It's not bad. But like they put her head on on a on an arbiter or something like that in the scene, and it's like this call to action. Um, 
where it's just like let's let them know that that we take this world seriously and this this belongs to us the fans it's one of those types of things um and then not very receptive in the, in the comments actually a lot of people being like like uh this is too much you know you shouldn't be doing this shouldn't be talking about this that you know that type of thing so uh getting a little hostile out there um what do you think about the idea of microsoft firing 343 industries i don't think they'll do it my i asked that because 343 industries is microsoft <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so like, i don't, I don't how, have you, how can you do that you know what i mean like i don't that is literally it's i mean so the history of it is halo one two and three bungie you know they they go off to to do their own thing with activision they make destiny um they couldn't take the rights because microsoft owned them already at that time um so microsoft held on to the rights to halo and they needed to make their own in-house department to make the games from then on out which they formed 343 studio or industries which is based off of his call number if i'm not mistaken right i forget what it is uh, 343 is in reference to something in the halo universe much like or uh, uh cortana is on your desktop um so i just i don't understand the rationale of fire 343 hashtag in regards to uh halo and and, and microsoft not living up to it is that possible could you do that like dissolve the comp like that portion and like yeah, they, they could dissolve the company, but I don't like I said, I don't know why they would. Um, it's a Microsoft company. It is, you know, all Microsoft employees at the core of it. I, I just, it, it's, I, you, you said that it's like Snyder fans. I mean, it is <laughs> like Snyder vibe, fans yeah. um, where, you know, this, this company is, um, or I guess Halo itself is getting this cult following. Um, and has always had a cult following since the first one, um, but these people aren't understanding how companies work, yeah, and well, how the hierarchy of ownership works. And it's just like, I mean, they could dissolve it or reassign three four three, sure, mm -hmm. but who are they going to give it to? Well, I, I saw people in, like getting kind of schooled on that too. They're just like, um, like, what do you mean? Like, how does that even work? Like, blah blah. blah. And people are like, oh well, uh. Well, you know, if, if if enough people are saying stuff, then, then they'll look internally and they'll do, like, restructuring and blah, blah. It's like, okay, so you just you just said some stupid shit. Well, <laughs> and, then, and then Microsoft you got corrected. And then now you're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, they can do this instead. It's like, how are you going to have any faith in your in your suggestions and recommendations when you don't even know what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you well, and, like, with Microsoft, like, Snyder fans can pressure WB into releasing the Snyder Cut, but... They're going to pressure Microsoft. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care. They have stupid money. Like, stupid, stupid money. Not to mention, this is the first game that has their new in-house uh, slip space engine. So, yeah. you got to give it time to build. Frostbite wasn't, you know, the, the, the best when it was out the gate, but it became good. Uh, you got to give it a little time. I do know that they're fumbling, though. It's, it's really sad to see. I was super hyped for that game. I enjoy it, but it's so buggy that it just makes it unplayable. So... I mean, this goes back to it was last week or the week before where we talked about games um, getting, they're like, they're not spending enough times on games and they say, oh, we're going to release it here. Then there's that pressure to release it at mm -hmm. that moment in time. And then they release something really crappy instead of just saying, 
hey, we're going to release this game sometime in the future. Be hype about it. We'll release more information. Yeah, closer. we'll let you know. Yeah, if, I mean, honestly, they if they could have done that with Halo and had it release either this year or next year with all of its features instead of piecemealing its features on the way out, that would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Like I would have actually paid for the whole game if they if they did that, but no, I just play the multiplayer occasionally because I can't deal with it because it's so glitchy. Yeah. And now I'm not even buy the campaign. It's not worth playing without co-op. It kind of feels good. Like the game kind of feels good. Like you can get some stuff out of it and feel like oh, a badass. Kind but of. Exactly, all of a sudden of. you'll do some like really weird stuff. Like you'll you'll shoot somebody and you'll see their shield break and you keep shooting them and nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'll randomly get hit with somebody looking a different direction. And you get meleeed from somebody that's in front of you. Like you'll get one shot meleeed in the back of your head from somebody in front of you. You throw grenades at somebody's feet and then nothing happens. It's like you can't have that stuff not work. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Uh, so, you know, that's that's my thing with that. It's like, give it some time. They do need to work on it. However, this game was released early. It wasn't just released, like, too early. They released it randomly ahead of schedule because they wanted to meet, like, the what was it, the 20th anniversary or something of, of, of Halo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they intentional blunders on that one. But I get it, people, but relax with the whole, like, threatening imagery and, and all that shit. Uh, you don't it's need to... to fabricate memes your your 15 year old brain memes <laughs> of of women being strangled because they didn't make a game that you like like re- relax dude chill out next one assassin's creed mirage announced uh, more info of that will drop on september 10th i also saw something about people talking about it being rebooted like they're going to reboot assassin's creed the comment i saw was that they're going back to their roots which i don't even know what that means by this point because there's just so many games, I can't even tell what their roots are by this point. Um, I do remember playing the first game, and it being a completely unique experience, and just kind of... Uh, it was so great. Yeah, slow moving between crowds, and like sitting on ledges, and like watching the the people scurry about and do their thing, you know? It was a very cool game. Uh, but over time, they kind of got cheap, and I, I really, really wanted to love the one um, Odyssey. I think it's Odyssey. Yeah, because Assassin's Creed Origins was the pyramids. I think Odyssey was the Greek one. Uh, the Greek, because, you know. Yeah, that sounds right. Certain thing with, with, with Spartans, you know, growing up and stuff. So I like that whole uh, Greek mythology. Uh, and in that regard, it was actually quite cool. Like the world and the, the lore and the, the, the mythology and stuff that's involved with all that uh, was very much there. But the dialogue and even like just the basic gameplay of the game was like super frustrating whack. So uh, I don't recommend it unless it's like super cheap or free. Then in which case, yeah, mess around. But, you know, just imagine how much you're going to get out of ancient Egypt, you know, type of setting. You know, it's huts and open, open desert type thing. You know, it's not like Cairo now type thing. So, um, you know whatever but hopefully hopefully we get some good ones i didn't mind the the one with the native american the indian tribe i forget which one Assassin's that one was Creed three the, it was a three or was it a it name? Was three it was three right yeah i, loved, I really like that one yeah that was a good one but i also love just how they sprinkled in the water battle, like the the sea oh, battles yeah. in that one. And black yeah. flag was like way too much and i was like i don't like this <laughs> like, they took a cool part from the game and they made it not cool anymore you know well um, it's they took the 
like the one cool part or not the one cool part but one of the cool parts from three and then they're like okay here's a game just with this <laughs> i mean it was the notable aspect of that game too is that there was gonna be the first one where you can have a ship and you can sail and you can do this and that yeah. And then they just made the next game nothing but that. And it was like, all right, dude, chill out. You've, you've told that joke way too many times. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe it's a good one. Next up, we have the Hollywood Reporter says that Diego Luna is saying that Andor is going to challenge what you think and know about Rogue One. So I actually have a little bit of insight on this one. Um, more than that, just a little snippet. The producers of the show and the director of the show, writer, director, writer, um, he has said that um, they're aiming to show um, a lot of the characters from Rogue One in the light of, or by the time we end the shows, how would they have done that in Rogue One based on what we've seen from Andor? So we're going to see Andor himself not be a self-sacrificing you know, guy for the rebellion, he's going to be a different person because it's going to be the journey to get to Rogue One where he's willing to sacrifice. So mm-hmm. it, it, I think there's potential. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to have weeks to. Now. For a draw, you need it to be a little bit different. Uh, yeah. It's a fairly forgettable film to most casual Star Wars viewers, to be honest. Um, and yet it's it's actually a really good movie. It's 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 okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it, it a has. Really good, it's a really good movie. It's okay. You can it has a. Uh, I mean, I'm one with the force, and the force is with me, or whatever the hell is the most annoying thing that ever come out of Star Wars. So it can't get a perfect ten. That's just why, okay. Why do you think that's happen. annoying? Because it's repetitive. <laughs> Literally, it's like okay, okay. guy. I, it's, it's like okay, I get a, it. It's uh, in character, but somebody wrote that. Somebody sat there and created that idea and implemented it into a film to annoy me personally. <laughs> so I don't. Oh, like, it was definitely done yes, to annoy said, you personally. Uh, this individual specifically, I'm going to do it because this person finds it annoying after the ninth time of being said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was me. That was that person that, that they made it. Well, in, so I, I, I don't think so because I don't. I don't think they made it in the intent to annoy anyone well, duh that's the sarcasm of what i just said i know, however, I know. i'm explaining why i figure i find it like incredibly annoying you know however i it's um a lot of religions um have repetitive prayers and everything like that so having people like you know church emway who says that who is uses the force or he's part of the church of the force or whatever he's like a, a a monk that is completely focused on the force who can kind of do some force things very minimally um but he he lets the force flow through him i mean that's very monk-esque um which is what he's supposed to be so i i really like it it it, it is like i said it that draws on aspects of earthly religion styles so it's fun yeah no i understand it i just i i, I feel that it's written like in crayon and shit uh, i'm gonna go ahead and fire through these last ones i'm actually gonna yeah, skip yeah, yeah. a couple of them because we're already at too far uh acolyte set is being constructed photoshopped or photoshop photographed in berkshire uk um so they got some work going on that um I'm going to have to do a little discussion on, on that whole thing. Uh, I'm sure you know a lot of information on that and can feed yeah. me info. But uh, moving on, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen 
Uh, the actor who pay, who plays Black Manta and Aquaman said sometimes uh, you got to know which movie or genre you're in. Something like Aquaman, that's clown work. Aquaman is not the trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, and that was during an interview with Vulture. So he's basically saying, you know, the quality of these comic book films are not cinema. You know, they're not some Scorsese masterpiece. <laughs> they're just, like he puts it, clown work. You know, you're putting on the costume and you're dancing for, for claps. Um, briefly, what do you think? I mean, in some instances, he's not wrong. In other instances, he is completely right. So I, I, there, there's a dichotomy there. <laughs> in one instance, he's not wrong, but in the other instance, he's completely right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, so like, he's just double right. With some comic book movies, it is clown work. Like you're gonna be doing weird stuff, especially with the like the '90s comic book movies and, and late '80s. Most of that was clown work. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the general concept of all those comic books are clown Exactly. The Boys like, is not so much. I think that's why people like that, because yeah. it is not clowny. And if anything, it it takes a, a, a hammer to the clown the clown a aspect of comic book and comic book films, you know? So, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, then we have, like, movies like Infinity War that where it is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not the stereotypical masterpiece. It's, you it's know, not an Oscar winner. I mean, it was, no. well, no, I think it was actually, well, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, like, it's not Academy award winning, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be, you know, the next Godfather or, yeah. you know, whatever masterpiece comes out from one of the greats, but it is a masterpiece on its or by itself. For so it's it just is, like, yeah. exactly. Well, not even for what it is. Infinity war is one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, especially, um, like, you know, money-wise, for sure. Well, money-wise, but... Recently beat out by by Top Gun Maverick, by the way. Ugh. I mean, yeah. hey, whatever, man. Like, if, if that's a fine movie for people to like, it's not some weird, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. shit that's being forced or whatever. It's just a follow-up to a movie that everybody loved back in the day, and every boomer was just aching to get back out to the the movie theater so yeah you know no, i get i get it i get it but it was just like again there you have you do have some of the clown work and you do have some of the serious movies the, so the like i said there's a dichotomy uh, in there there is some in-between space but there's definitely the black and white of oh there this is going to be a clown movie we just got to put on our costume, do our thing, get paid. And there, then there's other things where, okay, I got to get into this character. We're going to do some really intense stuff and we're going to have a great movie. Um, yeah. So, like I said, in some aspects, he's completely wrong. Some aspects are completely right. I think from an acting perspective, as an actor, as somebody who like actually lives and breathes that world, um, most likely what he's saying is like 100% right is that yeah. if you're going, if you're dedicating an entire life to the art of, of, of filmmaking and acting and, and perfecting your craft, you're not utilizing your full capabilities as an actor making Aquaman. You know what I mean? Being the antagonist of an Aquaman film. Uh, the, the, like what he's saying, you know, I haven't seen it, but like the trial of Chicago seven, um, you know, you're looking at, at 
deep, very uh, rich acting scenes, you know, very heady plots, uh, stuff that makes that challenges actors to be actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get that from from an Aquaman film, like obviously, you know what I mean. So I totally, I, I feel for him. I'm a little bit protective as well, though, because I do feel that within the realm of of what comic book films are, like they are art and they are um, they're produced with with like you know precision and and to a certain extent, I guess you know getting into the next story here will will be a little bit different, but you know what I mean, like. They're starting to master that genre, and out of that genre is coming really, really good work. So, um, this next one, um, I haven't seen it, but you have. Internet in an uproar over She-Hulk post-credit scene featuring the poorly CGI'd character twerking with rapper Megan the Stallion. So, in the the episode, um, Jennifer is a witness and a part of a trial where. Um, a slimy dude from the DA's office who she used to work with um, got scammed by a uh, shape-shifting um, Asgardian who is posing as this rapper, Megan the Stallion. And um, the whole episode is like, it has an A plot and a B plot with uh, A plot stuff doing with Abomination and B plot is this trial. And um, the this particular scene doesn't happen until the end credit scene, and um, Megan the Stallion is hiring she like She Hulk herself, not uh, Jennifer, to be her lawyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they talk for a second, then they start dancing, and you know I'm I'm ima- this is what I'm imagining in my head that the CGI house got <laughs> called a month ago and like hey can you guys do this scene real quick for us like what kind of physics can you apply to she hulk's ass yeah (laughs) answer me well you know what what can we do with that yeah i it's a weird choice it it is not jarring in the whole thing but seeing itself just pop up on the internet is completely jarring um weird questions or it's questionable call that to have that and like yeah. i said it was in the end credits i mean it's the middle of the series we're at the halfway point if i didn't know like i i, I knew that was supposed to happen and I, I got to the end of the episode and i was like okay it didn't happen so i started going scrolling through the credits and i was like okay here's an end credit scene and there's that if i didn't know about that i wouldn't have seen it i would have just turned it off yeah which probably so. wouldn't best but um i <laughs> i mean you know it's like Wait, you hate you hate you hate twerking and shit? Like, no, not really. But when it comes down to it, it's like I mean the funniest thing that I saw on the internet was like somebody said like the biggest travesty was that uh she's back here twerking, clapping those cheeks, but you don't see like the walls breaking and windows shattering. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's true. I was like, Hey <laughs> absolutely true. A hundred percent. Like now uh, I am outraged. <laughs> yeah. Well in like the first episode she does the hooks clap, you know, yeah, or does yeah. the sonic boom. It's like Okay. Yeah. Well, I, we missed that opportunity. <laughs> that was just the funniest thing I saw. But my thing is I've seen I've seen discussion about it too where it's like you know, you have certain requirements, and we talked about this last week, where it's like, this is a reboot, not a reboot, but a restart to a saga. It's the beginning of a saga, and if you're going to recreate the success, right, that everybody is trying to recreate, uh, Marvel has to do it too now. And comparing 
phase one to phase four by this point is like really bad. Like it is very much not in the same wheelhouse of like badass stuff that's being made, right? Um, you know, you get Incredible Hulk, which we've discussed it on the Marvel catch-up. I like the movie. I think it's a good movie. Um, I think it would have been better if, if it was made in a different time. Um, but, you know, that was a universal uh, involvement. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Ed Norton leaving and all that shit. Uh, ex explain to me. We will spoil this. Skip 15 seconds in the future if you want to if you want to pass this. But uh, I know there's a reference or some type of, of comment made in regards to him not being Ed Norton anymore. What was it? So Bruce or uh, Smart Hulk, whatever you want to call him, um, says, I'm literally not the same person anymore. And that was it. It was if you would have been looking for it, you would have missed it. Mm -hmm. Like just. Okay. Real quick reference. So it was like a roadie type of comment where yeah. in, yeah, in yeah. Iron Man 2 where he's like, I'm here, I'm here to do it, whatever, let's move on. And then that was it. Uh, I'm fine with that. So I didn't understand the, the I know people were irked about that one too, but uh, really my only, my only issue with that is the fact that they're not living up to the standards that phase one set by introducing these characters and that they're cutting way, way, way uh, too fast into the whole you know, bring in your special guests and, you know, it's like, well, we want to talk about this this week. So let's, let's make this entire episode about this social dynamic in society. And it's like, well, well you, you should be focusing talk about on that. like creating super sick characters that are going to be kicking yeah. ass in five years, you know? Well, and, and with that part of this episode, she had a fourth wall break where she literally talks about like how this show's not supposed to be a cameo show and yet the first three episodes all yeah. have major cameos yeah. so there's that then in another like super um meta conversation in the episode there's like the social media feed where it's all taught like all comments about she hulk is like there's a bunch of sexist and racist things all coming through this and like it was just like okay those are all really meta things to say about she hulk and you're saying it before people have the opportunity <laughs> to say it. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, they know who's going to be talking about it. It's just it's, like, it's okay, like South Park. cool. That's like South Park the movie <laughs> yeah. back in like 99. That's the entire concept of the film actually uh, was, you know, this, this upcoming, you know, revolt against them and, and how they're, you know, uh, ruining like kids' brains and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So like, the whole movie was about the outrage that the movie encouraged. It was pretty funny, but it was very meta. Um, but this one, you know, we talked about it. Yeah, She-Hulk breaks that, breaks that fourth wall frequently, and she jokes and all that stuff. But and she's she, more she of a character. She did it like three or four times in this episode. Yeah. And each time was like, why? why? Yeah. There was no reason to do just no it is something that the character does however we discussed this that you know you have deadpool it's expected of that character and if he didn't do it he wouldn't be that character um she yeah. would be perfectly fine if she wasn't breaking the fourth wall and our opinion and, was that you know let's just wait until until deadpool's here so that he could be the first one to break the fourth wall because that's the person that you would expect to be that person you know yeah well and with the frequency and how or like how many times she's doing it and it, and it's almost like in 
the other characters except Bruce, they don't notice. They don't see it. Yeah, and I don't like that at all. It, it's all of the fourth wall breaks have been super cringy. Yeah, and that's, that's another my, thing. It needs to be. It needs to be not cringy. Yeah, it, I, I wouldn't have a problem with the fourth wall breaks if it actually had something like super funny to say or non-meta. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is, it's been super cringy, not super funny, and it's been meta. Mm-hmm. Like super meta, and I mean, we expect Deadpool to say meta things on occasion, but it's just like that's all it's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm probably not even gonna tune into that show. I mean, I might. I might pick out like the important parts and watch those scenes and stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, I haven't heard like a single thing that makes this show like a must watch. I I definitely. I mean, the next three episodes could change my mind. But well, you're, you're, you're going to have... I think there was a reference to, like, a boss. That's going to be Kingpin. Duh. Uh, because they're bringing in uh, uh, Daredevil, which you already know. Already halfway yeah. through this, the, the show's season, and he hasn't even popped up yet. So his his role is getting diminished little by little as, as every episode goes on, and he doesn't make an appearance. Um, so, I think I mean, he's only going to show up in the last episode. That's so That's lame. Kind of what I'm it's feeling. so lame for them to to market the entire show's hype on Daredevil popping up, and then they're gonna say again, man. <laughs> we've already been over this. You know my pet peeve. I hate when they when they hold on to things that you want as as like collateral, and and they and they use it, and then they finally give you a little bit at the end. Yeah, uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Well, anyways. The, I don't think it's going to be a must-watch, and like I said, the, the the next three episodes could change my mind, but it's going to have to do some serious legwork to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it would thoroughly impress me if they were able to pull it off from where it's at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But moving on, Yelena Belova of Black Widow is rumored to be the leader of the Thunderbolts. The team will also include Baron Zemo and U.S. agents. Or U.S. agent. I uh, I think Baron should be the leader. A hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent. That's why I have this on here because we are, we talked about that movie a little bit and how her yeah. acting and, and all that stuff. It's like uh, I have no motivation to care about that character. So then putting her in like a leader position of that team, a care a team I don't really already care about or I already don't care about. Um, that's that's a rough one for me. So I, I got a yikes from me. Uh, next one in a quiet update to the Hogwarts Legacy frequently asked questions page. They have announced Quidditch is not playable in Hogwarts Legacy, and followed up by clarifying broom flight or traversal uh, and broom race challenges are a part of the game. Players can also fly brooms uh, to explore new and familiar locations surrounding Hogwarts Castle. Um, they also said players can take flying classes to master their broomstick flying skills. Uh, so it looks like a short range means of transportation, but no Quidditch, which is like devastating to me. Dude. It, that been it's awesome. devastating, but I mean, the amount of work that they would have to do to get well, true, Quidditch to be playable would be huge. Also, to even try to comprehend how you would play that in video game form to begin with would be exactly <laughs> it's impossible. Of course, it's impossible. Like it's just such a a, a stupid pipe dream to think well, that they're in, just going to have like a really nice Quidditch game in there. It's like the game barely makes sense, people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and here's the thing: not there's everyone's going to want to be 
going after the snitch and not mm-hmm. like doing their certain thing. Cause I mean, that let's be real. That's the only thing that matters. And being a bludger, you know, just a, to a beater, you know, to, yeah. to smack around bludgers and stuff. But so yeah. like the everyone speed. may have their own like spot, there's, but there's three goals. How do you, how can you possibly maintain three goals and be able to like navigate and block unless you're like, literally it's just like block goal one, two or three. And you have to just choose the right, goal and then it does the rest for you i i i see a plethora of issues and 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 just headaches with that so i totally i totally uh i sympathize with them on that one but however uh the man the man child in me is 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 distraught um next one on here um i'll come back to this one actually um xbox game pass family and friends pass is confirmed and no price is set for us yet uh, expected to be about $10 more than your typical package, which is, I think, $15. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to give you the ability to share with families and friends, uh, family members and friends, and not necessarily in the same household. So uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, the Ring of Power, we talked about that a little bit, right? Or no, we talked yeah, about... We, um, we talked about friends. how... Yeah, but uh, the, uh, we kind of got off on a tangent that probably yeah, won't show up in the episode. I, I edited that out. But the Rings of the Ring of Power's rating system has been disabled to counter perceived review bombing on Amazon Prime Video. Interesting. You know, and, I, and like I, I mentioned in, in the part that I cut because I, I said it, <laughs> I started describing this instead of instead of Game of Thrones. But uh, the drama with this is that you know they have uh, you know. They have certain characters looking kind of goofy. The intro was very like soap opera ish, very cringy. Um, and then, you know, people are all, all in up in arms, a little racist shit about like, you know, there being a black dwarf. Uh, you know, it's like they, they gave her a beard for Christ. What more do you want? <laughs> it's perfect. Like unless the, unless the acting is atrocious and the writing is horrible and all that stuff, it's like there's literally nothing to be angry about by this yeah. point. Okay, l- let's be real. It's 2022. If you are upset that a character on a TV show is of someone who, of a color skin that you are not <laughs> like, what uh, are you, expecting. What are you doing? Who cares? Like, what are you doing with your life? You know? Exactly. Um, it's just like, these are all human people. Like, yeah, just talking about the actors. They are all humans. That is the only race that should matter. Yeah. Like now uh, l- looking more into this and seeing where the outrage was, I did find out, um, that there have been discussions with like the showrunners that they have pretty much admitted that this is not going to reflect Tolkien's work. So that's where my issue starts to come in. Um, they have pretty much just said that they're, that they're going to take the world that Tolkien make, and they're going to just kind of interpret on their own now. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> how I feel about that. Because the reason I wanted to watch the show was to see, like, a live-action version of all this this in-depth history that I'm re- I'm hearing from you know, uh, the different eras or ages of mm-hmm. of Middle Earth and stuff like that. But uh, kind of nerfed it right right before even watching it. They've admitted that it's not going to reflect Tolkien's specific vision for this world. That they're kind of taking their liberties now. Uh, so, what do you feel about that? I mean. I haven't seen the episode. We haven't run out of material yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not Star Wars. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I, 
Given they had their know. books and stuff like that, they got negated from lore and all that stuff. But, you know, we're talking about you're not going to negate Tolkien's, you know, writings and, and the interviews and answers that he gave to these questions over the, the years, you know. And But if, like, the story starts getting wayward, I don't know, I might just not even bother with that. So, uh, kind of a shame. I just want people to stop taking things that already exist and then interpreting it their own way. I'm going to call that, like... Uh, I'm going to call that the, the Ryan Johnson effect. Uh, moving on to the next one here. CD Projekt Red will reveal new information on the future of Cyberpunk 2077 on September 6th. So just a few more days. If you got that game and you've been hoping that one day you'll be able to play it, uh, you know, you might hear some news here in the next few days or so. Well, isn't it playable right now? Yeah, but that's just my snarky react to, reaction well, you, to, you, to you know, my saying that they thing? fixed things. What? My snarky thing is, oh... What glitches are you going to feature now? <laughs> well, yeah, what new glitches are you going to put in there? Uh, I mean, it took them five months for them to fix a mission that was keeping me from from completing the game. Rip. So, I mean, it wasn't, it's not just small little, I would be driving down, I have, I don't have clips anymore, but I had clips of me just driving down the street and my, my car just being flung into the atmosphere. Like, because I hit like, I don't know, like a bump in the road wrong and it just shot me into space. Uh, That's grab, some, grabbing uh, physics people. gone really well right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, literally not even trying to drive crazy, just trying to stay in the lines, and it's just like, boop! Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a super broken game, an embarrassment, um, ruined CG, CD Projekt Red's flawless reputation, you know, and, and the shares have dropped like 60% in value or something like that. It's insane. That, that game has really done some work on CD Projekt Red, so hopefully... Uh, they get some stuff together, but this sounds more like it's going to be just like, okay, well, we did what we can. Here's the, here's the first DLC announcement. Next one, Disney hypes up Disney Plus Day by sharing a gif of X-Men Wolverine scene of Logan extending his bone claws and hashtagging hashtag X-Men and not X-Men 97. Yes, I said gif because that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. GIF. So what do you think in regards to that? You know what you see I'm talking about? It's where, where yeah, I, I looked he's standing there and he goes... Um, yeah, yeah, uh, that the GIF looks great. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I I mean, the X Men is definitely hashtag there. It it is pretty poignant. Um, Just X Men, not X Men ninety seven like it has been yeah, in yeah, the recent yeah. weeks. Um, so it, would, I mean, so we have Disney Plus Day and D twenty three all happening at the end of this coming week. Mm -hmm. So it would not surprise me. It's, uh, I don't want them to be like, oh, we're going to start X-Men by having a bunch of shows on Disney Plus. I'd be like, no, <laughs> please, no, no, don't do that. Um, yeah, and, so and we're going to have the, 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 the writer and director from She-Hulk making it I'm like, oh God, maybe a nightmare, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a little bit of like, oh, we'll see. I guess we'll see what's up. I just thought that was interesting because. I mean, I'm not 100. I thought I thought the X Men series, the old original like cartoon, was on Disney Plus already. X Men '97 yeah. has been advertised, you know, just overflowing with advertising on that thing. So I don't know what they're referencing. So hopefully, maybe there is an announcement. Um, I know they're going to be announcing the new, or they're going to be announcing the the eight movies or so that were left off the uh, timeline in Phase. What is that? Six. So you know. Maybe maybe they will be announcing that one of the first X Men films or something like that. We'll see. Um, 
my money says so. Well, I yeah, hope that. Hopefully, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm hoping. My thoughts and feelings are there with it. I I would like something right at the end of the phase. They come in to have some type of minor involvement with the king fight, and then the entirety of the next saga is based around X Men. That'd be uh, pretty cool. And Fantastic Four because they can work in, together for sure. I'll do this one, and then I got one more. Zack Snyder tweeted out a call to action for fans to come up with interesting character designs for his new film, Rebel Moon. Do you know about Rebel Moon? Copy of Star Wars? I mean, what? <laughs> I like, literally, it is, because it was it was an attempt for him to make a film that would shoehorn into the Star Wars universe, but they kind of shot down the idea. Yeah. Um, now, I may actually be doing this. I might I might do something on stream, actually. Or I do a sculpture and I take some pictures and send it off and see what happens. Make like some monster or something like that. Some type of alien. Maybe like a slug monster or something like that. Um, but yeah, if you're interested, uh, I forget. I, go to his go to his Twitter. I'm not going to link his Twitter, but go to Zack Snyder's Twitter and it's, it's linked on there for his most recent link. It's probably pinned. Uh, but you know, if you're an artist, you just do some art. It's unlimited entries. Um... You know, and you might you might be able to, to get your your character brought into the film. Um, basically, what they do is they'll fly you out to L.A. You get like a tour of uh, the prop designer or character designer's office and like work area and like props and stuff like that. Uh, you get like uh, free shuttling. You know, you get like driver, you get hotel stay. They don't mention where, um, and you get like I think four or five grand um, plus one hundred and fifty dollars a day in per diem. Uh, to your hotel stay so that you can have like room service and stuff like that. So they put you up. Uh, they give you a little bit of cash. They let you, you know, you meet Zack Snyder, you meet the crew, you get to check out the set and you get to meet some of the talent and stuff like that. Um, and then I think they got prizes for like second and place and stuff like that too. So uh, I had to look into it because this reminded me very much of uh, a little New Line Cinema contest con that happened years ago in reference to Annabelle Creations. I think the guys at Red Letter Media pointed this out a while ago and it just kind of, I remembered it and I looked it up again to see what the issue was with that. But basically what it was, was that they were asking somebody to like come up with an idea uh, and, you know, submit it. And if you got it, uh, then you may be a winner. And then the win was like you get like a premiere you get to go to the premiere of the film or something like that and that was it and then if you looked in the fine print it was like um at no point are you ever entitled to anything like period and if we are like generous enough to give you anything it cannot be more than like 50 bucks and like <laughs> that's like literally that was like written in there basically it was just it was like the the sleaziest contract you can give to somebody like this uh, so I had to jump in there to see whether or not it was going to be something like that. No, it looked pretty legit. They had it all laid out. You know, you get some money, you get some extra money per day for food and, and stuff like that. And you'll get a hotel and you'll get to take a, uh, you know, a trip on set and you get your, you know, your flight and stuff like that for one person, only one. You do not get to bring your wife. <laughs> you do not get to bring your child. Only you. Um, but that's how it is. Uh, and if you're interested, you know, hey, it's been vetted. It looks legit to me, and I, I might I might actually get involved too. See what's up. If I win, I probably wouldn't even take the trip. To be honest, I'm not going back to LA. Um, but you know, it'd be it'd be fun to see like a character be brought into the film. So if you got the art talent, feel free. Uh, the last one here, I think you might enjoy this one. Uh, when talking with Empire, um, 
Multiverse of Madness writer Michael Waldron explained how Sam Raimi came up with the infamous Black Bolt scene. Oh, no. <laughs> said, I was at a point in the script where I was like, shit, I don't know what to do. We wanted the first death to feel really horrific. So listen, don't fuck with Wanda. Uh, we, are, uh, we are sitting in the Zoom discussing how we kill Black Bolt, and somebody said his power is shooting ultra-powerful energy from his mouth. And I swear to God, without missing a beat... Sam goes, what mouth? Uh, then he went on quickly to lay out the scene, which nearly uh, was nearly identical in the end result. So that entire decision, the entire idea and concept was instantaneous. There was no second guessing or trying to figure Ooh. out what would happen. That is literally exact. That, that was right out of Sam Raimi's brain. Now, nuts. I, I mean, when we're talking about impactful, well, yeah, it might be a little gross, you know, if you're, if you're, a little sensitive to that type of stuff, maybe a little graphic, but to be honest, it did exactly what it needed to do. <laughs> yeah. It did exactly what it needed to do. Perfectly fine. Uh, it was uh, like a, a monumental moment in just Marvel in general. Uh, it had super big weight to it. Uh, and it was kind of cool to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh like yeah. It was like, Oh crap. This is, we're in deep guys <laughs> and like literally and like he said and that is quote you know uh don't fuck with wanda uh that's the message that they were trying to get they were trying to convey and uh definitely was the vibe that i got after that scene um, but that is so I, I had to chuckle because that is so sam raimi like if you don't watch sam raimi you wouldn't understand but like his his mind is so like in that like horror realm because that's where his roots are that of course that would be let's like well i'm gonna use his power to kill him like duh <laughs> you know like that's how he's gonna die he's gonna he's gonna do it himself you know uh and that scene was just so just insane you know what i mean uh and then they kind of go on to talk about the spaghetti scene and all that stuff but uh, uh the good one was that he didn't skip a beat that was instantaneous it was just it was a knee-jerk reaction to what he was being fed and that's what ended up in the film uh, so that is it for the roundup. We're going to end it there. This is a long show. Again, apologies. Um, anything else you want to throw in there? You can buy Dave Filoni and George Lucas action figures. You're welcome. Directly <laughs> from Hasbro. Oh, my God. I'm going to shoot the link. I, in the, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just found out. <laughs> we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and throw that in the description. Um, yeah, and you get the the uh, Mandalorian John Favreau, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Get the trifecta right there. there. Yeah, Garrett will will comprise those links for you uh, for you nerds out there, so you can go ahead and check them out. You're uh, but that is it for the show. We're gonna finish up with the plug and get on out of here. So over there on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and Facebook, Nerd Chatter Show. Uh, links for that will be in the description down there below, and you can find all of our episodes of the Nerd Chatter Podcast anywhere you can find podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere else. Uh, if you're interested in becoming part of the community, you can join our Discord and head on over there. Uh, where we like to share like stories throughout the week, free links to the games, all that good stuff. Uh, or you can head on over to our Patreon, where we have some Patreon-specific content that we create and record for the supporters over there. Uh, some advanced uh, showings on some of the episodes and stuff like that. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, links down there in the description below. But if you're listening to any of the podcast platforms, you can head on over to our website, nerdchatter.com. And you can find links to our social media so you can get whatever you need. Uh, so that is pretty much it for the show. I apologize for rambling on a little bit long, but there was a good bit of roundup there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut as much as I can to get this down, though, for you guys. So, uh, Garrett, another week down. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's just 12 weeks in. Mm -hmm. After this is up, it's like three months now. Yeah.
Yeah. It's been All a right. pleasure. And like I mentioned, you know, I got some, uh, I got some, some, you know, I got a wisdom tooth issue that I might need to get resolved here, which might affect the schedule for the show. To be honest, uh, I don't know how I'll be able to talk. Um, if I can, I will. We'll see what's up. Uh, maybe I'll get locked jaw and not even be able to open my mouth. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we will. Uh, we'll kind of keep you updated. If you want to follow us over there on Twitter and check out the website, we'll keep you updated. And uh, we're out of here.